0: Okay, hello everyone and welcome to the show. Today we have Evan Zervanakis joining us. Evan is an accredited executive coach, a management consultant, and an online visiting lecturer at the EU Business School in Geneva. Evan is a practitioner and not a theorist. <laughs> so Evan, welcome, thank you for joining us today. Hi
1: Katie, thank you for the invitation and pleasure to be here.
0: Oh, good. Hey, could you please, for the benefit of our audience, just to give us a bit more about uh, who you are and exactly what it is that you do?
1: Sure, with pleasure. Well, as you said, I'm an accredited executive coach. Okay, mm-hmm. that's uh, one of my main uh, uh, functions, As as I as I say, so what I do from that perspective, I work with successful leaders or you know business owners who are facing a setback and I help them get over that setback by getting clarity on their goals and then exploring ways to reach them so they can lead with a little more ease. I am also a management consultant and I'm also an online visiting lecturer at the e Switzerland. Um, there you go. I started my first business at the age of 25. I started in Switzerland and in the UK. And as soon as I graduated, I was offered an opportunity to write of a, a bit of a franchise style, UK, UK business. But in essence, I was self-employed, um, working you know, in an unsupervised environment. Um, it was my first management experience. I had you know, the educational background because I did my MBA. Um, And then I was, you know, I was really excited. I was really confident sometimes, sometimes a little bit cocky. And Mm -hmm. uh, we did well, but, uh, you know, I was kind of the manager that was on your face all the time. Mm -hmm. And um, sooner or later, I kind of lost all my team because they couldn't they couldn't keep up with me. They couldn't handle it, you know. I was too much, I guess my approach to management, it was all about me. Yeah. And then I had to rebuild the company and I did this successfully for around six years, okay, seven years, and then I sold the franchise and then it was all successful. I learned from my mistakes. That's why you said I'm a practitioner. I'm not a theorist. You know, I do believe that when it comes to business and if you are watching this, you know, maybe you're an SME or, you know, a business owner, or maybe you are a, um, a head of department in a company. I think you, what I'm about to share with you, you could apply. You know, you can apply those um those those suggestions and tips, and um, um, you know. And then after that, I did I did the franchise for around seven years, and I was I took a small break, and then I was um, headhunted to um, work to to help a financial brokerage expand its presence in Asia because mm-hmm. I had kind of transferable skills about opening offices, setting up companies, hiring people, managing people and all that. And uh, I helped the company expand into the Asia Pacific region Okay, for another six years, from 2012 up until 2016, 17, around five, six years. Mm-hmm. And um, I've opened offices. I've opened offices for the company in the Philippines, uh, Malaysia, Indonesia, Singapore, Vietnam and Sydney Mm -hmm. and then since 2017 I said look what do I want to do now and then I decided to share my practical knowledge share my mistakes share my successes share my failures with my clients who are either business owners or senior managers and they Mm -hmm. want to manage and they want they want to lead better and I, I am an executive coach and a consultant since 2017. And I think throughout that gig, throughout that career, I think I've had helped so far over 200 business owners and senior managers to lead better. Because I do believe it's all about people really. Yeah. And um, you know, I've seen companies in you now with with a great product, but their internal culture is toxic. Therefore, yeah. they struggle to scale. -hmm. And I've also on the other side, I've seen companies with a mediocre average product comparing to competition in the marketplace, but the way they manage people, their internal culture is so terrific, therefore, they scale. And with that being said, you know, some managers come to me and say, you know, especially when it comes to training, you know, my guys need sales training. And throughout the assessment, sometimes, and I know, most of the times when it comes to sales training, the manager thinks that the people need sales training, but mm-hmm. eight out of 10 times, they don't need sales training. The problem is motivation.
0: Mm-hmm. There
1: is a motivational issue that is blocking people to perform better. Yeah. So,
0: so what does that mean? motivational yeah. issue mean? What does that look like within each team?
1: Well, it depends. It could be changing the remuneration structure. It could be that the company is going, on, is going through, through massive layoffs. I mean, you know, if you look at Twitter, I don't think it's the best environment right now to go into, right? Um, so it could be a change of management and the new managers are kind of trying to change the rules without explaining, without coaching, without training. It could be internal politics. It could be that the managers are sleeping with some other people from the office and that creates a bit of friction. It could be yeah. but hire, you know, you hire that toxic employee that goes around butt-mouthing everyone. It could be different reasons. Um, but it's, it's usually internal, you know, could be jealousy. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So is what is what you do? Do you go in and you pinpoint what that issue is? Uh, and then work with that leader to, to address that?
1: If they, if, if the leader wants, you know, I, you know, I cannot force the, I cannot force the solution. What I can do, I can propose a solution. What kind of solution they will, they will take. They say, no, 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 let's go with training or they will just listen and all that. And, our, you know, as a as trainer, as a coach, our biggest um, challenge is, you know, if a manager says that, oh, my culture is not, is not right, they automatically feel vulnerable. Yeah. Sometimes they will say, no, nah, nah. sometimes they will not admit. Sometimes they will say, no, 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 it's a training problem. So they would be indirectly passing the bucket. Yeah. So just like a doctor, I do my, it's a bit, I will do my diagnosis. I will give you the prescription. It's totally up to you what you do with it. You know, you can, you know, as we say, we, you can bring water to the horse, but you cannot make the horse drink.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's so true. So what is that like for you as a coach? When you have the answer, um, you know, that, um, what you have to offer is helpful and you're meeting with resistance.
1: Then I work with a leader or I work with a team. Uh, but again, you know, it's always, you know, the, again, I, I would say not 10 out of 10, but 90%, 9 out of 10 times the issue is with a, with a manager or with a leader because the fish stings from the head. Um, and really leadership, it's, it's one of those, you know, have you, you've, you've been to, to the wedding, you know, where... You've got those chocolate fountains, you know, the the chocolate fondue where the the chocolate flows from the top, right? Mm -hmm. So if the top part is right and the chocolate is not, everything will run smoothly. Well, that's exactly how leadership is. Everything starts from the top. Yeah. So the one that is setting the pace, the one that is setting the culture, the one that is setting the standards, and, you know, the bug stops with the leader. The bug stops with senior leadership with a department head or if you're a business owner and you're watching this, the buck stops with you. If your company is doing well, it's you to blame. If your company is doing bad, it's you to blame again. And I'm, I, 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 I'm a believer of that because I'm a practitioner and I know, I know what it takes. It's always mm-hmm. the captain, it's always the leader who is setting the standard. Yeah.
0: So, do you find that a true leader is um, someone who finds himself in a place where maybe they are vulnerable because they're being presented with, "Hey, uh, this is the issue," and it and you know it comes back to to them. Uh, I think as humans, often our tendency is to go into blaming, um, complaining, justifying our actions. All of that. Um, would you define a leader as somebody who could eliminate those uh, go to behaviors? and take ownership?
1: They should, right? They should, but it's challenging because as we continue to navigate the impact of COVID-19, you know, employees across all industries, because managers and business owners are also human, right? Employees across all industries are juggling personal demands while they try to keep up with work, especially if they work from home. Yeah. So. When I work with executive leaders and decision makers, I think over the last couple of years, the three, four most pressing challenges are um, struggling to get from vision to execution. My team cannot execute. You know, we have all this meeting, but nothing gets done. Another challenge is lack of leadership influence to actually create impact within the organization in the new normal. Mm -hmm. And another one is how do I engage my hybrid or remote team? How do I develop high-performing teams if I cannot do management by walking about because I'm not in the office every day with them? And it's easy for me to say, it's easy for me to sit here on a Zoom call and I know it all, but I understand, you know, these challenges are responsible for managers feeling overwhelmed or business owners feeling overwhelmed, reduced Mm -hmm. revenue and feeling stressed. You know, therefore... What happens? The health of an organization, the health of the company is impacted, as you said, by high attrition, creating a culture of blaming and explaining. OK, so it's not an easy time to be a leader. It's not an easy time to be a manager. It's not an easy time to be an owner. And it's not an easy time to be also a middle manager. Yeah. Because you are kind of what I call the sandwich manager, you have subordinates that you need to supervise, and you yeah. have senior leadership that you need to report to. So yeah. if, if you are into that senior manage, if you are into that middle management position, I understand, it's not an easy position to be. It is absolutely challenging.
0: Yeah. Well, you point out something that is so important. I think it's this additional level of demand on leadership that um, came about so quickly. And it requires a level of emotional management and intelligence that um, wasn't required before, maybe should have been, but um, it's it's a higher level. So uh, is it more that leaders now need to focus on developing their own awareness around themselves so that then they can serve their teams. Is that sort of the result of what's happened?
1: You know if you're not self-aware how you expect to understand how others are. Yeah. So really you know look I would answer with that analogy successful leaders i do believe that successful leaders in my opinion know how to balance three things mm-hmm. results relationships and ego their own ego mm-hmm. and if you could allow me to elaborate on that results means if you focus too much on results with your people that's how i was if if you're all, if you're all everyday go 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 result 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 yes you will Increase results, but you will struggle to retain people because you will end up driving them crazy because all they see is a machine. They don't see you as human. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, if you focus too much on relationships, if you are too friendly with your staff, you will make a lot of friends, but you will struggle to push them. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And at the same time, on the third side, ego. If you go about too egoistical, if you go about that it's all about you, 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 your staff sooner or later will think good, I'm happy for you, but what is it in it for me? Why I'm doing what I'm doing, and they will end up throwing the towel. So I, a successful leader is somebody that knows how to balance those things. And the, and the, I, I guess the key word here is balancing results, relationships, ego. They know how to balance their approach. They know how to balance their to balance their management style. And um, if you were to ask me, you know, okay, Evan, give me a definition of leadership in that new normal. I would say that leadership nowadays is three things: is the ability, and then I will break it down to, to bring like-minded people together to get mm-hmm. remarkable things done. So ability. If you really want to become a better leader, it is actually something that you can learn. This is why I say ability and not attitude. Yeah. Because leadership is a little bit like a muscle. Every now and then you need to train your leadership and your management skills. To bring people together, because actually if you don't have followers, you're not a leader.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Yeah. And then, third part is to get remarkable things done, which means to be able to execute. So... Leadership for me is the ability to bring people together to get remarkable things
0: done. Beautifully put. So as you developed this, what, what shaped this? Was it, I'm assuming um, all the experiences you had before, um, which includes challenges and successes. What did that look like for you?
1: You, know, you learn more from your failures than your successes. You know, when I was again, when I was a new manager, you know, uh, 10, 15 years ago, when I was around in my middle 20s, I didn't believe that. I said, How can you learn from your success? You don't learn from your success. So, sorry, how can you learn from your failures? You don't learn from your failures, you just lose money. But then I realized that you learn more from your failures than you learn from your success because success can get into your head and it makes you blind. Yeah. But failure gives you, I guess, the opportunity to go back and reflect. And yeah. hopefully, do it better. And it's one of those things, you know, leadership is one of those things and management is one of those things that yes, you can read all the books in the world, but actually if you don't work with people, if you don't serve customers, if you don't manage relationships, if you don't get frustrated, if you don't do what you're supposed to do, you yeah, you just, you're just you just going to have a theoretical knowledge, which is not enough.
0: Yeah.
1: So, um, That's why you see people, for example, in in sales, sometimes they become great leaders because when you are in sales or in marketing, you are exposed to people. You know how to read people, you know how to communicate, you improve your empathy, your listening skills, your one-on-one engagement. You know how to adapt your tone of voice, your body language, which I believe all those skills, all those soft skills are actually hard skills because they are very hard to learn unless you practice. And I do believe that those skills are essential as we move on, because that new normal, I don't think we're going back, you know. I don't think we are going back to full-time office work. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I'm reading online, I think over the last three months, 25 companies in the U.S., you know, big companies, Atlassian, HubSpot and all that, they are going remote. They're actually giving people the, the option to choose, Fully remote work. So, if you are a manager, how are you going to motivate and engage your people and energize them to produce for you? And
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I always say, it's like, you know, the manager's customer is not the customer, the manager's customer is the employee.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's yes. That is such a great way to frame it out because I don't think that uh, that is the approach most of the time. But if you flip it that way, Oh, what a different dynamic you create!
1: If you look at your custom, if you look at your employees, like your customers, you know what do they want? Do you have? Do they have the right tools to still, to do the job? Uh, no. You will get what you want, and um, and really, it's about people. You know, at the end of the day, it's really about people, especially nowadays uh, that. You know, I, you know, again, when I was back, you know, I go back to that example, you know, now I can, if I don't know something as a leader, I say, I don't know. I didn't dare to say that when I was a new manager, because it would make me look weak. But mm-hmm. there is nothing wrong to share your weaknesses to say, look, I don't know. I will get back to you, but I promise I'll find out. And if I can't find out, I will find somebody to come back to you.
0: Exactly. See how easy that was to say? Yes. <laughs> so many people struggle to be able to admit, um, you know, I don't know. So do you find that to be a hurdle that um, you need to train a lot of leaders to overcome that it's okay to go to say things I don't know or to put themselves in a vulnerable position? Vulnerable.
1: Yes, it depends on the person. You know, some of my my clients say I'm a perfectionist. And then I say, no, you're not a perfectionist. And then they realize that they're not a perfectionist. They're just scared that, You know, that how will my people see me? Um, What if I say I don't know? Will that reduce my authority and all that? So, you know, in in coaching, the higher the manager is in the position, the more behavioral the coaching is. Right? Because with middle managers sometimes, yes, Sometimes you know they need to be taught what to do technically Mm -hmm. and practically, but in most of the cases, with senior managers, with senior leadership, you know, with with my coaching, is they know what to do better than anybody else, but the issue is most of the time behavioral. For example, limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. Like uh, and you and you cannot You know, you cannot remove, you know, some people say, uh, I want, you cannot remove limiting belief. The limiting belief will stay there forever, but you can reframe it and you can take steps to eliminate it. Like I'm working lately with um, a CEO of a pharmaceutical company. It's not a very big company. They are around 35 people. Okay. And he said to me the other day, no one else in the company can interview better than me. And I said, you are right. But he says, I don't have time to do something else. So I said, what do you think you should do? Mm -hmm. He's right. No one else can interview better than him because he's the one that built the company. He knows exactly what is required. But Mm -hmm. if you want to do that, fine. But at the same time, you cannot complain that you don't have time to do other things more strategic. So Mm -hmm. the limiting belief that you have, and it might be true, will always be there, but you can reframe it into something you can go from, no one else in the company, you know, I am the best. A recruiter interviewing the company. You can go to if I hire a recruiter, and for the first couple of months they shadow me, and I train them, and I coach them, and they I, they observe me. I observe them. I give me, I give them feedback. In three months' time, they might not be to my level, but they might be eighty nine percent to my level. So I can then use my time for more strategic things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the limit, that belief will be there, but you're taking action and you are reframing it and then you're taking practical steps so you can replace yourself so you can have more time to expand the company.
0: Oh, exactly. It's finding those limiting beliefs. I think that's the most important bit about hiring somebody to coach you or to at least they can observe you and call out these behaviors that you can't see in yourself. Uh, because those limiting beliefs just fly out of our mouths without a thought don't they and you're able yes, to catch I mean. them
1: and sometimes you know you, they may you know, they may even go back to childhood oh
0: yeah yeah you know I, you another
1: remember? another case another case i remember is like a, another senior mom he said i don't trust anybody and then we worked with coach we worked with coach and then He started not to trust people since he was 10 10 years old because they played hide and seek. And then when it was his turn to count, so when he's turned to hide, nobody looked for
0: him. Oh, it's these little moments. So
1: it's difficult to, you know, yes, it's not easy.
0: No, so for you, what is is difficult for you or not easy? Like what hurdles do you encounter um, running your own business?
1: Also to shift from face to face meetings to online, you know, 2020 was difficult. Um, most of the meetings I had, I used to fly here and there and meet my clients and do training and do facilitation and do coaching. And then all of a sudden, you know, I can't, I, I, I can't exit my, my flat. So what I had to do, infrastructure, technology, I had to shift everything. I need to create a dedicated office space, um, I need I needed to get monitors, I needed to get a lot of things. So mm-hmm. for the first six months in 2020, you know, since the first lockdown, it was in March, um, it was challenging. So that was the first. The rest, not really. The rest, it was a bit of a, a time to adapt. And now, mm-hmm. and nowadays, I absolutely love it. You know, if it wasn't for that, probably me and you wouldn't be here today, you see. Mm-hmm. so. And, and now it's quite funny, even, even my clients love. So I, I sometimes, you know, if it happens that I am in the same town or city with my client, you know, some of my clients, they prefer to do this online from mm-hmm. the comfort of their house. And then we will probably meet face to face for a coffee. Yeah. Oh, so
0: yeah, Lovely. You know,
1: yes. That was the biggest challenge for me. Um, apart from that... Yeah, I think that was the biggest challenge because it kind of caught us off guard, right? Everything had to shut down overnight. Logistics, I couldn't even go buy uh, the material I wanted to buy, I needed to do them online, and then they deliver. And then it was uh, for the first few months, uh, you know, if you remember 2020, it was a bit of a nightmare.
0: (laughs) I remember. (laughs) Right? And you have kids running around.
1: You mentioned about your kids before. You have kids running around. You know, at that time, my son was like three years old. Now he's four and a half. So, you know, uh, you know yeah. So, but from a Nigerian point of view, it's an opportunity to reskill
0: mm-hmm.
1: because what got us here will not get us there. Oh,
0: no, which is it lends itself back to us talking before about how it is. The, the challenges, the, the failures that actually bring out the best of in us that uh, we learn the most from. So it's that ability to embrace it, which I think is has been difficult for all of us in this moment, you know in the past couple of years to embrace what's happening. Uh, so do you find that there's ways that we can embrace what has happened uh, to then leverage what has felt awful maybe the past couple of years, but actually will make us expand?
1: thing is that I don't know if it's an ability or an attitude to evolve, and right. as Charles Darwin said, it's not the smartest or the strongest of the species who will survive, but the one who is most adaptable to change. So you know, I guess not take the change is too heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what works for me, I think I, will, I think I have a student mindset i always like to learn new things yeah so i don't say okay that's my work you know and i will retire and all that so having the ability to 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 see life as a as you know as a school and never to say i know it all because the minute you stop pedaling you fall down and when it comes to management you know and, and, and and leadership and if you're a business owner it's I think one of the key responsibilities and duties of of the role of successful leaders is to empower, to constantly empower, improve and nurture your employees to help them become better in doing their job.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Because, yeah, you know, we used to believe managers, we used to believe that we needed power and control, but we were all wrong, right? That's the biggest lesson I've learned and power Really comes from understanding relationships. I think, yeah, you know, and it's absolutely true. But I, be, I do believe in my opinion that all top leaders, you know, at least the one, the successful leaders that I have the, the opportunity to work with, um, we, it, it's about communication. You know, is the way we communicate. We can all make our message simple enough for everyone to grasp, but uh-huh. complex enough to make it attractive.
0: Oh, exactly. which is an art and a science essentially isn't it
1: yes again you know leadership is really is about communicating effectively and connecting with others so Mm -hmm. that's why i do believe that effective uh, you know therefore effective communication is a hallmark of a great leader
0: exactly exactly well speaking of effective communication you have communicated so many wonderful bits of wisdom and information for us uh, I just appreciate your time and your attention here. Uh, for our audience, could you please tell us where any, where we can find you?
1: Well, you can come to Singapore, first of all.
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the
1: weather is lovely. Uh, mm-hmm. I know snow, if you like that. I actually miss the snow a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So no, the, the, the honor is mine. Thank you for the invitation. And um, I'm active on LinkedIn, Evan Zivanakis. You can find me there or also on my website, executivecoachaza.com.
0: Wonderful, great. Well, thank you again so much. It has been a pleasure speaking with you.
1: Thank you very much. The pleasure was mine as
0: well. You're welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark. Wanna
1: do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to
0: the end. Yay, you. So what happens next?